Back to the Keeping It Together podcast. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Alyssa. And welcome to episode 3.13. I started doing this thing now because it's really fun to do interpretive dance moves to our music. It helps me get in the mood before we start talking and just kind of like hype yourself up a little bit. And I never tell Sabrina what I'm going to do. I just tell her to watch me. So for those listening, please check out our Instagram to see what I just did. I'm not going to tell you what it was because you have to see it. You have to go to Keeping It Together podcast on Instagram to see my dance moves. It's a new thing. Why are you looking at me like that? It's fun, okay? Tell me you don't like it. Tell me you don't laugh. I mean, it's cool. All right. That's not the reaction that I was (laughs) expecting, bitch. Anyways, welcome to episode 3.13. We realized uh, just moments before recording this that today's episode comes out the day before the election and we are recording the day after after the election (laughs) i'm sorry my brain's not all there i was a little hungover when i woke up this morning anyways we realized that this episode comes out the day after the election we are recording this before the election um so we don't know what the outcome is going to be we're very hopeful in what the outcome might be and we know that it might take some time so we wanted to at least take a moment and kind of recognize that shit is really tense right now And it's been tense for a while, and we all are hoping for some peace and clarity and some sense of normalcy in some sort of whatever is going to happen. So to anybody out there feeling these tense feelings that are mixed with seasonal depression, that are mixed with anxiety, that are mixed with not knowing what is going to happen to our future, you're not alone. And we're in this shit together. We are out here to make a better world, a better country, and a better place to live in. Mm -hmm. Um, And I hope everybody who listened voted. Like, that is – I really, really, really hope everybody out there went and voted. This is the most influential election of our lives. Uh, And for a lot of people who are the same age as us, 26, 25, like, everything that is happening now is going to affect – our lives for the next 20, 30, and 40 years, maybe 50, 60, if we get to live to be that long. I went actually and voted early today here in New York, and it was an amazing, smooth process. I was very lucky to have voted in person and voted safely. But for those who didn't feel comfortable with that, I hope everybody got their absentee ballot. I hope everybody sent it in early. It's been counted, and your voice has been heard. Because at the end of the day, if there's anything that we've learned over the last four years, even over the last eight years your voice matters and it makes such a difference to vote not just in the presidential election, but your local elections and knowing what's going on in your city and in your district. It is so, so important to be an active community member. And I'm like kicking myself when I wishing I would have done this when I was 18. You know, I only voted in the presidential election because that was my first time I could vote and I voted for Barack Obama then. And then my dumbass. Never voted in the 2016 election. I you didn't. didn't vote in the 2016 election? No, I've said it before on the show. Like, I was one of those people who did not vote because I was in Ohio going to school and I didn't know really the absentee ballot process. So I said, whatever, I'm just not going to vote this year. And I've kicked myself for it ever since, knowing that I could have made a difference and I could have changed how Florida voted because at the time I was still registered in Florida and now I'm registered in New York. 
So to anybody out there, I really, really, really hope every single one of you voted. If you didn't, please go get registered to vote for our next election. And more than likely, there's going to be an election that happens next year for your local um, officials. So take this moment to look up your resources. We've been linking a few in our episode bios. Um, We'll link some more here for New York because that's what we know. Um, And if you have questions, please check out those links. And please, please, please fucking vote. And that's all I'll say with it. Good speech. Good speech. It is. I got a lot of words said to me today when I was voting early um, and I was talking to like different people in line. And it was a very quick process. And like there was this couple there. Uh, One was 85 years old. Oh. And the other was 88. And they said they came out to vote in person early and they looked at me and they said, I'm proud of you because you're the future and you're the reason that we're going to be voting here for you. And I and they go, we're voting for Joe Biden for you. And I was like, oh, my God, my heart. I've actually been seeing a lot of people do that. Um, I saw this very heartfelt video about this dad. He was he he was a Republican, but he voted for Joe Biden because it was important to his daughters. Uh, because what a lot of people need to realize is that, yeah, just like you said, what happens this year is going to affect our lives for the next 20, 30, 40 years. And, you know, to these people who are older, I don't think they're taking that into consideration. They're focusing nope. on right now, right here, right now, you know. And and that's what people have to remember when you vote for somebody. A policy takes time to come into effect. And one of the biggest policies that I have been and kind of an advocate before other than women's rights and, and LGBTQ rights and all of the rights of immigrant families and immigrant children is the new green deal. Climate change is fucking real. And our next president is basically going to decide what happens with this. We're either going to elect somebody who acknowledges climate change is real and is going to actually do and take the necessary actions for us to build a better planet. Because at the end of the day, we are global citizens. And we live in a pretty big fucking piece of landmass. Like the US has a huge landmass and people forget that. So we're either going to be voting for somebody who takes our future seriously and doesn't look necessarily at just the here and now, but looks 10 years ahead or people are going to be voting for somebody who believes climate change is not real and is going to ignore all the warning signs that scientists have been telling us for the last 15 years. Or he's just going to focus on the monetary value. Or the monetary value. It's it's not about the future of people. So it, it's a thing of vote for what you want your future to be. And I hope your future that you want is a long life filled with prosperity, health, wealth, and success. And acceptance. And acceptance and respect. Because it all comes down to respect. That is my rant for today. It replaces what's your struggle because I feel like everybody has the same (laughs) struggle right now. Because honestly, we need to keep moving forward. We cannot move backwards. And we... Right, right now, our lives are, it, it's its a threat that we might start to move backwards and we just cannot let that happen. No, and we can't, we have to stop blaming what happened in the past. We can't change it. We can't change the actions of what we did or didn't do. But what we can change is what we're going to do. And that's what matters at the end of the day. And rant. And rant. Okay, anyways, outside of all of that, 
Um, we do have a lot of really cool stuff to talk today. We are in the third edition of the Wellness Now series, uh, where we're going to be talking today about your skincare, your beauty, your hair, your teeth, because these are all important factors outside of a healthy diet, outside of physical fitness. These are things that all tie in together. Mm-hmm. A healthy diet and exercise tie directly back to our skincare. And it ties directly back to our teeth, um, which is something that I'm really excited to talk about in my journey with my whole teeth health, so to speak. Um, and hair care is huge. Sabrina, you're an expert on this. You are, you've dealt with so many different hair changes and just know so much about this from going through it. Oh, God. I, like, in the past decade alone, like, every single year, possibly even, like, multiple times within the year, I've either had a different hair color Mm-hmm. Or, like, I had a perm, and then, like, I wasn't doing anything with the perm anymore. Going from black to blonde to red to pink to purple to blue. I've been all over the spectrum. Literally and I still have hair on my head, and I've kept hair on my head the whole time. So, And we see a lot. Of, <laughs> there's a huge movement right now with various different hair care companies to take care of your hair. Um, so I'm really excited to talk with you about that just because you do know a lot about, we're going to talk about everybody's favorite words with that and sulfates and parabens and why they're Mm -hmm. bad for you and why you need to look out for that shit. Um, so we have a lot in store for you today. It's going to be a packed episode, but we're very, very excited. So let's jump right into it. Let's do it. We want to start this episode off with your overall hygiene and, and kind of talk about what that means from our perspective. Hygiene is the basic needs, right? What is the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? You brush your teeth and you wash your face. And if you don't do that, please start doing it. Please start doing it. Don't be that person that doesn't. When you sleep, and if you're sleeping on a pillowcase, there is bacteria on that pillowcase that go is goes right into your face and packs dirt into your face. Ooh, fun. And if you're sleeping, your mouth goes through what... If you didn't brush your teeth from the night before, there is bacteria sitting in your mouth. Oh, especially if you, like, sleep with your mouth open. Oh, big time. Oh. Oh, yeah, it happens. Um, but first, we want to talk about teeth because I everybody knows we can all be better with our teeth, and myself included. You, you love talking about your teeth, too, so I'm going to call you the expert on this one. Well, it's because <laughs> I've had a journey with it over the last five years. I was a kid growing up who I was very thankful I didn't need braces, but I had a lot of issues with my lower back teeth. I had really, really deep grooves in my teeth, which meant I was more prone to cavities and A lot of times people think cavities are directly related to sugar. And yes, while that is one effect cavities can uh, be caused from, getting different pieces of food stuck in the grooves of your teeth causes that to have plaque buildup, which can lead to tartar, which can ultimately lead to tooth decay, which then can create uh, cavities, but also can shed away your enamel. It can shed away your teeth completely, and you have to get dental surgery for it. So when I was a kid growing up, I had to have fillings like at least every three, every six months because my grooves of my teeth were so, so deep that food would just get lodged in it. Did it matter? Did it matter how well I brushed? Did it matter how well I flossed or did mouthwash or any of that? So I have like permanent fillings in my teeth now. Like they are not my teeth. um, While they are my real teeth inside my teeth on my bottom are not my real teeth. Oh, wow. Because that's how bad it was. 
It was just really, really, really bad genes. On top of my bad genes, uh, I there there's a lot of people who are just uh, really prone to getting plaque around your teeth, which a lot of times people think is just when your teeth turn yellow, but those are just stains, right? Like mm-hmm. when your teeth are not white, it's stains based on the food you eat. Everybody knows the big stains come from coffee, come from wine, it comes from any sort of colored like artificially colored food or drink in addition to those. So I was also blessed with the genes that my teeth just are more prone to have plaque on them. Some people get very lucky with their genetics and they have teeth that have stronger enamel. Well, mine do not. Um, And it was really, I, I never had the best teeth health and neither did my father. My father had many, many teeth pulled when he was a kid uh, even did braces, has had multiple different surgeries with root canals and shit. And I'm not there yet because I've started taking care of my teeth better. And there's one routine my dentist taught me when I was younger and I stopped it. And then it resurfaced actually over TikTok. And a lot of people have started doing this now. It's the best dental routine that you can do. And you do it every morning. And it's the best one to prevent cavities, plaque, and tartar from building up. And it's stupid easy. It takes maybe a total of four minutes. So you start with a mouthwash that is alcohol-based. So like your Listerine and like a minty one or whatever. And Mm -hmm. you start with the alcohol-based because that kills all the bacterias. So you rinse first with an alcohol-based mouthwash. Brush your teeth with a fluoride toothpaste. You need to have fluoride because fluoride protects your enamel from plaque. After you brush your teeth, floss. Because everybody needs to floss, but it's important to do it after you've brushed your teeth. So that way you're not flossing with bacteria and bacteria is going all up and down the floss. Because what are you doing? You're literally sliding it in between the grooves of your teeth up where your gums are at. So it's important to do the floss after you've brushed with that fluoride one. The last step is to rinse your mouth with a non-alcohol-based mouthwash. So you can take like a fluoride-based one or something that doesn't have the alcohol in it because what that does is it puts a coating on your teeth and actually coats your enamel to build it up and make it stronger. Wow. And it's so easy to do. Anybody can do this. I do it every morning. You just eventually get in. It's just, it's such a habit for me. And because I always have really bad breath in the morning, it just <laughs> helps that I do this routine. So I start my day and it, and it starts in that, in that good way. And that's how I've been able to not have cavities. I haven't had one cavity in eight years because of it. That's pretty good. Yeah. Wow. Like I could not tell you the last time I had one, but my dental records say eight years nice dude i I mean that's that's a pretty it's pretty in-depth process but as i'm listening to you talk about it as i'm reading it on our outline here i mean it it makes sense you want to get rid of the bacteria first and you're going in and you're doing the brush you're doing the deep clean and then you got to do the floss to get in between the teeth because the brush doesn't always get in between the teeth and then just lastly going with that fluoride to just help build everything up well if you're not taking care of your teeth you're more prone to get sick It's what it is. If you don't have good gum health and good teeth health, your mouth is a huge place other than your nose and your ears and your eyes that is susceptible to diseases. Oh, yeah. One of the first things that I will actually do if I like if I have like a little sore throat or something like that, I will immediately go into the bathroom and I will like gargle with Listerine because it's alcohol. I'm like, okay, 
there's definitely something trying to attack my throat, attack my body. Let's try and kill what bacteria oh, yeah. we can. Some of the first signs you can tell if you're sick is based on the health of your mouth. People say there are these signs their doctors tell you and can look in your mouth and see if you are sick. They can tell by the color of your tongue. They can tell if your gums are bleeding. They can tell by the health of your teeth. There's a lot of science based behind it. The better you take care of your teeth, the less likely you are to get sick because you are you just don't have that bacteria sitting in there. And people forget that that's a place that can build this up over time. And it makes it really, really painful if you le- uh, continue that buildup. Like, for example, with coffee, I... I'm a huge fucking coffee drinker. I love it. I wish I could have an IV of coffee stuck to my arm at all fucking times. But here's the problem with it. It stains your teeth and drinking too much of it can not only stain your teeth, but build up a ton of fucking plaque. And I keep talking about what plaque is because it can be so undetectable because you could think it's just a stain because plaque comes in and it starts looking a little yellow and then it turns into like a yellow brown i can like whenever i have plaque on my teeth though i can like feel it like i can feel the plaque so i have a little plaque on my teeth right now i want you to look you see my top two teeth yeah you see the lines in them that don't look necessarily white or yellow Mm -hmm. that's plaque Oh, interesting. And you can only get it removed by a dental professional. Do not fucking remove it at home. I made this mistake and I had to have dental surgery and it was really, really bad. I fucked up one of my gums doing it. Oh my God. It's bad. Like it's, I'm just, I do not try and remove this on your own. If you don't know how to use those instruments or tools, go to your dentist, go to a dental hygienist, get a cleaning. Like, thankfully, my plaque isn't really, really bad right now. So I don't have to go see one, but I have to go in like a month or two because the longer that you let it sit on there, the buildup is just going to get worse and worse. But because it's, I'm just a person who's a little bit more prone to plaque, there's not too much I can do about it other than my current routine, which is introducing that fluoride, introducing that alcohol-based mouthwash, um, and things like that. I mean, yeah, you're you're doing a lot of prevention. That's the key with all of this, right? Like, it, it's all about prevention. And it's not to scare people, but teeth is one of those things people just kind of forget about. I mean, yeah. Some people forget to go to the dentist. It's like one of those things you just sometimes forget because you don't it people don't look at the signs of like teeth health and and getting sick. Like there's not like a one to one um it's not a, like an apples to apples comparison, right? I also feel like <laughs> I mean, I guess people don't value the teeth health the same as they value like other aspects of their health because Mhm you know a lot of times people think of teeth they're like oh i gotta brush my teeth i just gotta make sure that my teeth look white that they look good it's more of like a um it's like they look at it as more of like an appearance thing as cosmetic opposed to overall yeah health it's um, it's more like a cosmetic appearance like mm-hmm. with makeup right and then and then they don't really um they don't do anything about it until it becomes a problem like they do get that cavity exactly. or they do get that gum pain or something like that and then they go to the dentist and it can be expensive to go to the dentist and get what you need to get done it's so expensive oh my god if you don't have dental insurance please get it i have like a separate dental insurance card i do (laughs) i'm very lucky my work offers dental insurance and most corporations will and sometimes your dental insurance is only two dollars per paycheck so why wouldn't you take it why wouldn't you do it um but to your point because it's so cosmetic 
a lot of people use products that really, really fuck up their teeth, especially to make them look white. A lot of people use bleach pens to bleach. Oh, basically. God. Oh, yeah. It's no. so. And they sell these. Like Amazon, you can. they sell it at Amazon. They sell it at retailer stores. And it's um, P&G makes teeth whitening products, right? But they are licensed to do this. They make the Crest white strips, you know? And those are the products that you should be using. When you use a bleach pen, and I learned this from my dentist, when you use a bleach pen, you're not just bleaching your teeth. The bleach goes into your gums and it gets stuck and lodged in there. Because think about it. The the bleach isn't going to stand there. You're going to use your tongue and like lick your teeth. And what happens when you do that? That sounds like you're going to accidentally poison yourself. Correct. That's what happens. People accidentally poison themselves (gasps) because they just want the appearance of white teeth. All right, here's something that my father does that he had suggested to me because a friend had suggested to him. He swishes, he gargles with hydrogen peroxide. That is, you have to be very careful and make sure you're measuring it correctly because that is also something that can either lead to accidental poison um, if it's an overdose of it, but that takes a lot. But if it's not the right amount, um, you can actually also fuck up your gums and it can deteriorate your gums. And that's what all of this leads back to. Like our teeth are only as healthy as they are because of our gum health. And that's what you have to look out for. So like using hydrogen peroxide is not a bad thing, but it has to be an exact measurement. There needs to be, you need to be measuring that correctly. I'm going to need to call my dad after this and make Literally. sure he's measuring it correctly. The other thing <laughs> that people try and do is with charcoal. Charcoal has been known to uh, create a longer lasting white effect on teeth, but charcoal does the same effect uh, similar to bleach, not necessarily from the poison control, but charcoal getting lodged into your gums um, can actually create holes in your gums, which leads for like pockets of food to get stuck, which ultimately you see that rabbit hole. I'm not going down it, but you can go down it yourself if you think about it. (laughs) Now, what about... What about the charcoal toothpaste? Like the companies that are don't putting do charcoal it. in the toothpaste. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. That is, don't do it. I've talked to so many dentists about this. I love my dentist here in New York. And if you're in the New York area, please go to the dental boutique. They have a dog. And she's the cutest. But he's, my dentist, Dr. Huerta, is very knowledgeable in all of this. And it's the charcoal based toothpaste are so people are not directly putting like basically charcoal in their mouth, but an overuse of a charcoal toothpaste can wear down your, your enamel on your teeth. So that protective coating. So it doesn't, uh, it basically takes your protective coating down. So you're more prone to plaque when you eat and when you drink different things. Ah, cool. Awesome. Sweet. Love that they're selling that in the stores. Love it. I mean, because people want to buy a product. They want an appearance. They want to look like something because, you know, when you see, there are so many photo editing apps out there where you can make your teeth white. So people see that all of a sudden people have these really white, shiny teeth and they're like, how can I get this? How do I get that image? It's like with anything else with makeup. Like, how do I get that? What type of product do I need? And there's a lot of good products out there. But then there's a lot of bad products out there that are being over-glorified by influencers who don't know what they're talking about or are being directed to you via an Instagram or a Facebook ad, and it's not a legitimate product. So here's what it sounds like. It sounds like when you go into this venture of your teeth health 
really talk to a professional, talk to your dentist, figure out what products are going to be the best for you because everybody has different issues going on with their mouth. Like for me, example, I have more sensitive gums. So I have to use softer toothbrushes Mm -hmm. and I have to use toothpaste and mouthwash um, and stuff that is good for my gums. Do you use Sensodyne toothpaste? I do not. You should use Sensodyne toothpaste. Sensodyne toothpaste was designed specifically for people who have both sensitive gums and sensitive teeth. It was um, actually developed by a group of eight different dentists who had a ver- variety of number of patients who suffered from that. And they would change different tooth the same the they would change the bristles from their toothbrushes but it ended up ultimately linking back to not just the toothbrush but the toothpaste too interesting i was using a uh crest gum health toothpaste but oh, their gum health line is really really good that's what i use um their best one that they have if you want a really good fluoride protective one is gum detoxify because it has that fluoride based in it but sensodyne is also a fluoride based toothpaste specifically designed for people with sensitive teeth good to know the point being, though, everybody's teeth health is different, mm-hmm. and it's important to understand what is going to be the best route for you, whether that if you do have sensitive teeth, you need to be using products that are specifically designed for you, or if you don't have sensitive teeth, you can use those products that would be considered harsher for somebody who does have sensitive teeth, right? You can do more alcohol-based things. You can do more f- um, harder bristle-based things to help kind of defeat plaque and tartar from building up. Very long-winded answer of saying, please take care of your teeth. Do not be that person who starts it in your 40s and 50s when things are really bad and you can't prevent it. Because I've seen from my dad, I've seen from my grandparents, I've seen from friends. If you don't start your teeth health now while you're young and you still have your enamel and your protective coating, there is going to be a point where you won't have it anymore. Yeah, I mean, that is true because enamel doesn't – it doesn't grow back, right? No, it does not grow back. It's like one of those things where you are born with um, a certain layer of enamel and it only regenerates for a certain period of time. And after it's done regenerating, that's it. That's it. Game over. (laughs) Game over. Um, anyways, not to delay too much on this because I could do a whole episode on teeth. You're ready. Like, you're ready to go. I, I want people to take care of them because we can all do so much better and there is so much shit you can avoid in medical bills. Like, man, it's expensive to get a fucking mouth surgery. Mm-hmm. Wisdom teeth extractions, just any other teeth extractions, getting braces, retainers, all of that shit. Like, there are so many things you can do to prevent it. And if you can prevent it, you should prevent it. Anyways, another area we wanted to talk about um, is skincare. And yes. we have touched on it before. We've had other episodes on it. And everybody knows your skin health can tell a lot about if you have a specific disease condition or if you're sick with a cold or if you have something like if you're eating really bad food you see that you have zits all of a sudden because there's too much sugar in your body there's too many Mm -hmm. different things and if you're also not taking care of your skin you can have different things happen like for example on your face your your pores can get um clogged with not just bacteria you can have sun clogged pores which people don't know about And that's why a lot of moisturizers have SPF specifically built in it because your pores can just naturally get clogged from being in the sun. So it's not just about, you know, getting like sunburn. It's literally to protect the pores on your face. I did not know that. Yep. 
So whenever you go and get a facial, one of the first things they'll do is they'll take a look to see what damage is going on with your pores. So whenever you go and that's when they take the mirror and they figure out and they start doing the extractions, um, extractions normally always include extracting out um, sun-clogged pores because when the rays hit your face, um, I don't, don't quote me on all the science behind it, but there's like your pores either dry up and when they dry up, there's not enough moisture in them for them to open up and release all the bacteria that's been on your face. And the way that they close up is in a way where they're just clogged ultimately just due to being so dried out. So that's like a sun-clogged pore, so to speak. Huh. So it's so important to wear a moisturizer with an SPF on it because that protectant helps protect your skin from drying out and getting what would be nat- like naturally a sunburn or getting sun exposure. That's, yeah. Wow. I did not – I guess I didn't realize that happened. I mean, of course, you know, when I looked at lotions and I saw they had SPF in it, I was like, oh, that's great. Like protect me from the sun because – you know, UV rays are powerful and we don't realize, you know, when they're hitting our skin. I mean, we do when it's the summer and it's warm and we right. get it. We're like, oh, the sun, sunburn. Um, but you could get sunburn in the winter and oh, shit yeah. like that. You know, if the sun's out, UV rays are out, you're susceptible. And it doesn't even matter if the sun is out. Cloud burn, people. The UV rays are still going yep, through the cloud clouds. Cloud burn is real. The worst sunburn I ever got in my life. It was a cloudy day yep. and like... Only half of my face got really burnt because I was like laying on my stomach. And I just remember it was burnt so bad that my face actually blistered. And then I had like scabs on my face. It was really, really bad. They're so bad. And people don't realize the damage you can do by not wearing a moisturizer with an SPF. And actually, too, I mean, just... Being careful like that in general, you know, every time you get a sunburn, that just that increases your chances for skin cancer. Oh, hello. I'm a Floridian. I've already had skin cancer like multiple times. Like my mom, my dad, like we it's really bad. Growing up, we used to joke when we would see a new mole. We're like, oh, is it skin cancer? Oh, my God. That's like in Florida. It's definitely like one of those things where we would go get it taken care of. But it was we didn't know how else to really uh, deal with it because it was just such a prevalent thing in our lives. And it can get very serious very quickly if you don't catch it as soon as as fast as you can because if you don't catch when like a new mole or something comes up that mole may not be benign and it could be spreading to different areas and it's very important to know those differences so please if you don't start seeing a dermatologist go see a dermatologist get an evaluation i i package it in when i get my like annual physical with like my doctors my annual with my gynecologist like i do it all Usually I do it all on the same day. I just bang it all out and like take a day off of work with it. But it's important to go at least once a year because there are different things that you can tell just by the health of your skin, by the color that it is, if you have any discolorations, if you have any new moles. Like I found out a couple years ago, I thought I had a birthmark on my back because it had been there for years. Turns out that shit wasn't a birthmark. Um, it was actually uh, skin cancer and it was growing. Oh, my God. And I got it removed. And I would have never known that had I not gone to a dermatologist and gotten it taken care of. And I literally have, like, there's still a scar on my back of, like, literally the chunks of, like, skin they had to take out. I had had this really, just this dark, black, circular, 
uh, freckle, mole or whatever. But like, I didn't think anything of it because, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't hairy. It was just dark. Uh, but I mean, I still went to the dermatologist and I was just getting a regular skin check because, you know, prior to that I had had, um, other, other, you know, freckles, moles taken off and she looked at it and they had to like go in, I think like twice to really like dig it all out because it was at a point where it wanted to it it was it was getting deep and it was getting to a point piercing it was your muscle tissue it was it was pretty much precancerous like it was heading to that stage one zone luckily they caught it in time but i mean since then i hadn't i hadn't had a chance to this year obviously with everything going on but usually yearly i would go to the dermatologist and i would get a skin check because you never know you never know you just like you said you thought yours was a birthmark Nope. And it turned out to be, you know, cancer. Um, and it was it was growing. Uh, so, yeah, granted, we caught it before it penetrated that layer to be stage one. And it was uh, we caught it very early. But had I not gone and did that, I don't know what would have happened. It, it's it's so important to take care of your skin because you it just there's so many different things that can happen from it like oh yeah getting sunburns as a kid like sunburns are no joke that can that sun damage can um lead you towards skin cancer because of the way the burns happen and that's what they found out was why i had it on my back because when i was a kid growing up in florida you're always in the sun every summer like Mm -hmm. that's what you would do you'd be in a bathing suit you'd be in the pool you could go on a boat you could swim in a canal like you were just – we were more prone to be exposed to the sun and you would forget to put on sunscreen. Like, I would forget. I would just run out and go out and about without it. And now I would never do that. My moisturizer has that sun protectant in it. Like, if I know I'm going to be in the sun, I'm spraying myself up. Oh, I put I put so much sunscreen on now. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then also, too, um, when you burn, when you tan, that actually increases your chance of getting wrinkles early because you're drying out your skin. Oh, yeah. Wrinkles happen because your skin is drying out. And naturally, over time, our skin gets drier. But by going out and tanning and burning, you're speeding up that process. Yeah. So that also leads into moisturize. Moisturize now. How the hell did you think Jennifer Aniston is like 50-something years old, Look and she J-Lo. still looks like she is in her 30s. Look at J-Lo. J-Lo. And Shakira. All... And Shakira. Any... Did anybody remember the Super Bowl performance, and they literally looked like they were 25 years old? Yeah, and they're they're not, but they look great for their age, and you know it's because they moisturize. Granted, they are celebrities, and they probably have access to other things, but one of the best ways you can at least prevent yourself from getting those wrinkles, a.k.a. when my mom came on this damn show and talked about old lady neck, that's when your neck gets wrinkly as you age, you can prevent it if you put lotion on your neck. So put it on the other areas of your body as well to prevent that Especially in the winter. Oh, my God. Yeah, because everything dries out in the winter. It's People always think moisturizer is just for your face, but moisturizer is a fancy way of saying lotion. And there are affordable options out there. Jergens is a great drugstore brand. Aveeno is also a great drugstore brand. So you're not spending an arm and a leg for yeah. expensive lotions for the rest of your body. I like I like Aveeno. I also use Gold Bond. Gold Bond is really I really, good really like Gold Bond. Oh, and you know what's good about the Jergens one too? They have a tinted lotion. So if you do want to have an appearance of having a tan or sustaining a tan, 
Jergens is a great one because you can buy it where it's tinted and it keeps the color of whatever tan that you got. And they have a variety of options for all skin tones. I was I was scrolling through TikTok a couple months ago and this girl, she's about 30. And she shared pictures of her when she was like 25 and it looked like she aged backwards. Like she looked younger at 30 than what she did at 25. Yeah. And one of the things that she was doing was she was moisturizing as opposed to tanning and she was using moisturizers with tint. So she was still getting a little bit of like a summer glow, but she was still getting that moisture. Also, another thing that's going to help out your skin is your water intake. Big so time. Drinking a lot of water. I mean, our bodies are comprised of mostly water. So we it's need 70% it. water. Yeah, we need it for basic bodily functions. But also when you are properly hydrated, that's going to come out on your skin. That's going to help get... I want to say moisture to your skin. It or does. At least life to the it skin. It does because you need that water retention with like your muscles, for example. Mm-hmm. Like there is such an important need for water outside of just like your diet, right? Like you can tell if you're not drinking enough water because you feel weird. You just feel funky. You feel your skin is drying up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So just having that proper water intake. And I mean, if you struggle with that, and I mean, I... I struggle with that. I oh, will big time. I'll have a big water bottle. They make big fucking water bottles now that have little lines on it oh, as yeah. to what time during the day with you the should be stands. down with that water. Like you can get one on Amazon, like super cute, or you can take a milk jug and make one for yourself because they uh, they're saying like at least like a gallon of water. Well, a day. so the best way to judge because everybody's body needs are different. The best True. way to judge how many ounces of water you should be drinking at minimum. Take your body weight, divide that number in half, and that's how many ounces you are. So I'll be very transparent. I don't have any shame of what mine is. Um, I weigh 195 pounds. So if I take 195 and I divide that by two, I need to basically be drinking 97 ounces of water a day for my body to be fully hydrated. And that can be give or take. So Mm -hmm. if I get to 95 ounces or at least 90 ounces, I'm almost at that very, very full hydration level. Okay, so I need I need about seventy five ounces a day, which means about uh just about uh two of my two of my thirty two ounce water bottles, maybe just a little mm-hmm. bit more if, than that. If whatever number you get feels intimidating, a good baseline is drink sixty ounces of water a day. That gets your basic basic hydration needs for just bodily functions and helps you digest better. There's also a lot of science behind drinking more water helps you lose more weight. So if weight loss is something you're looking to achieve, what is the number one tip that comes from it? Drinking water. Mm-hmm. Well, water can also help curb some of those cravings Oh yes. as well. Sometimes if I feel like I'm hungry, I'm like, am I hungry or am I bored? And a lot <laughs> of times bored. I'm just bored and I want to eat. So I drink a glass of water first. And then if I'm hungry, then I eat. And then I'm like, all right, let's fucking snack. But <laughs> you can also find fun ways to get those water, get water in as well. Like I like drinking my seltzer water. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's that. Uh, you can, like, I know Mio was a thing. I don't know if Mio is crystal still a light. thing. Yeah, Mio drops are still a thing. There's Crystal Light. There's other options if water tastes boring. Mm-hmm. Also water, I mean, water intake also helps with your hair. It does help with your hair. It helps with your scalp health. It really, really does. Oh, your scalp health is so important when it comes to your hair. Oh, yeah. 
I think great transition into our last topic here for today with hair health. Um, you're definitely our resident expert with this. I know it's hair health is something people love to have their hair look full and uh, have a lot of volume and be soft. But there's a lot of products out there that claim to make these happen, but they actually strip away so much from your hair. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's before we jump into to those type of products and stuff like that, what would you say is like the basic uh a basic hair routine. So my base, well, I guess I can go through like my kind of hair routine. So I wash my hair about every other day, uh, sometimes maybe every two days, depending on what I'm doing. So what the- why, why do you wash it every other day as opposed to every day or as opposed to every like four or five days? So before um, washing it every other day or washing it every two days was to help preserve the color of my hair. Um, as you can see, I am going back to blonde. Uh, so that's not exactly my goal anymore, but still when you wash your hair every other day or you give some time between washes, you allow that natural oil to build back up in your hair. And I know when I say oil, you're like, Oh my God, I don't want my hair to look greasy. No, no. Your hair needs some of that natural oil to keep it soft, to well, keep yeah. it healthy. Your scalp secretes it naturally. Mm-hmm. Like there are good natural oils that you do need to keep flowing throughout your hair. Yeah. So, but because of the frequency with how much I work out, I do try to keep it at uh, at most every other day because you know that sweat buildup and stuff like that that can make the scalp itchy. Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable and it's not exactly the healthiest to keep on your hair. Now, if I'm not if I'm not working out, then I can maybe go maybe a little bit longer before I need to wash my hair. But ever, again, everybody is different and you need to you need to figure out what's going on with your own scalp. Well, it depends if you have a really, really dry scalp or a really, really greasy scalp, right? Like there's two ends of the spectrum. Like I know I'm a person who I just have a very naturally dry scalp. Mm-hmm. So I need to wait longer before I wash my hair so my oils can secrete more. Like mm-hmm. I wash my hair every four days because I do need my hair to build up those oils again. Um, and there's a lot of products out there that can really, really dry out your hair, even if you do have really greasy hair or even if you have really dry hair. Mm-hmm. So what type of like shampoo and conditioner do you use? Like walk me through... Walk me through all of that. Do you use so like- before? Before I was using like salon quality shampoo conditioner. So I was using Matrix uh, Biolage. So what makes it salon quality? Um. Well, because it's the um the brand Matrix is like a salon brand. Like they only sell it in salons, and it was a color protectant shampoo. And I had used it for years, and it had worked well on my hair. As I started to make the transition to blonde, I did switch over to Olaplex. Um, I know I understand that Olaplex is a little bit of a pricier uh, shampoo conditioner, but what I will say is that a little bit of the product goes a long way. I can do like a little marble size amount of shampoo and that makes the whole like my whole head is sudsy like i look like i should be in like some type of shampoo Mm. commercial um and then same thing with the conditioner the conditioner spreads well now olaplex specifically is not made with any type of sulfates or parabens so it's not drying out that hair and olaplex is specifically a brand that is trying to seal back up the bonds of your hair if you're doing a lot of bleach if you are doing a lot of 
hair changes, I guess I should say. If you're, yeah. you know, coloring, if you're bleaching, if you're doing a lot of like heat to it, it's trying to help fix your damaged hair. So For I've sure. so I've really enjoyed using it and I've noticed a difference. So my specific routine when I am in the shower is I will shampoo obviously and then i'll rinse that out um and then i'll go in for the conditioner now oh the, you don't do shampoo twice interesting i don't and part of the reason why is because i i did not want to wash the color out of my hair mm. i'm also afraid of over drying my scalp mm-hmm. um so because the normal quote unquote normal routine a lot of hairstylists say and do is lather rinse repeat you shampoo twice you know because for some scalps, not every scalp, obviously, depends, mm-hmm. especially with color protectants. I know I have to do it. Um, some scalps are more prone for bacteria buildup mm-hmm. and, and that buildup of your oils. And so you do need to lather and shampoo twice before you even start conditioning the ends of your hair. Now, I when I when I do go for that one shampoo, like I'm really like I'm lathering like that. Oh, yeah, sh- yeah That yeah. shampoo's on for at least three to five minutes before I go for the rinse. Um so, and even as I'm rinsing, I'm still kind of doing a little scrub at the head, making sure that everything's coming out. Um, and then I'll go for the conditioner. And what I will actually do while the conditioner is sitting on my head, I will take a little brush. I have a little brush in the shower. And I will comb from ends mm-hmm. all the way up to the roots, working out any kind of knots and really oh, I working. Yeah. So, and then really, really working the conditioner into the hair and kind of letting it sit in there. Um, well, it's important to not just work the conditioner through, but it's important to get the knots out. Cause just yeah. because you have conditioner in your hair, it, you want to make sure the knots are coming out with it because that can also cause for detangled hair and breakage. Yeah. So once I get that conditioner on and it's all brushed through, I will then rinse it out and then I will actually go and I will put a, hair mask on so i have two different ones that i'll use i either use this restore one or i'll use an anti-frizz uh, one this is why you take so long in the shower so that 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 mask will stay on the hair for at least five minutes while i go about in the shower and do other things and just let it work let it do its thing rinse get out of the shower i use a microfiber towel when i get out of the shower microfiber Ooh, towels yeah. help fight against frizz so if one of your biggest issues is frizz, I highly recommend a microfiber towel. Oh, yeah. These change lives, not just for your mm-hmm. hair, but for your skin. I use a microfiber towel now as my makeup remover because microfiber towels not only are good for frizz, they're really good at wicking bacteria away because they just bacteria is not prone to be held to that type of a towel. Yeah. So um, I, I, I leave the hair in the towel for a little bit. Um, then... Um, once it's like, it's still damp, but it's not, it's not dripping wet. Then I'll go in and I also have an Olaplex uh, leave-in conditioning balm and then a oil that I'll mix together. And I will apply that from ends to roots because the ends of your hair are typically drier than those roots. The roots are the healthy, they're, they're yep. typically healthier than the, than the uh, ends. Sure. So working that in um, and then... What I actually do, I try to wear my hair like wavy or I guess I would say natural. I try to do as little heat to it as possible. Um, so, you know, then I'll go in and I'll scrunch either with a t-shirt to try and get excess uh, water out. I find it so funny you use a t-shirt. Listen, because the t-shirt helps against the frizz. Well, is it like, so are you using like a cotton? I guess I'm confused because... 
Shouldn't it be microfiber then if microfiber is more prone unless cotton t-shirts are like good for this? So I don't know specifically all that I know. Like, where did you learn to use a t-shirt? I guess is what I'm asking. TikTok. Are you serious? I'm fucking serious. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it works because my hair doesn't get frizzy. It helps soak up some of the extra oil. I mean, extra, extra wetness. Sorry, not oil. Extra wetness. Um, and then I just kind of let it air dry. Now, if I do have to, you know, do anything kind of like straight or whatever, um, I will blow dry the hair straight. So I won't put a straightener to my hair and I will not put a curling iron to my hair unless I absolutely have to. Uh, because that, I mean, you're directly burning your hair. At least with a blow dry, you're blowing, you're blowing the hot air in. Um, and one of the best techniques that I use if you're looking for that blowout kind of look, um, I flip the head over first and I will use a flat brush and I will blow dry the hair straight. And then I will take a roller brush once the hair is dry and straight. Mm-hmm. And I will get all the hair and try and like roll it, blow dry it nice. away from the face. Because when you mm-hmm. flip the head over, um, it, 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 gives, it, it gives that effect. It creates a blowout look. And the secret to the blowout, ladies, is that cold shot button. So if you see that little snowflake button on your uh, blow dryer, what you do once you get, once you get all the heat and you get it all nice rolling back, Mm -hmm. then you do a nice quick cold shot and it kind of, it, it holds. Yeah. It holds the dry. That's awesome. I do. We have a few minutes left and I do want to get back. I know we mentioned we were going to talk about some issues with products Mm because I want to make sure we're talking about hair health. But yeah. So, so in, in conclusion, all the, all this shit that I do, um, I only had three weeks between bleachings this past time and my hairstylist was impressed with how my hair was holding up, how it was looking and how, when I went through that second bleaching pretty quick, um, that my hair did not fall out. He said that my hair was super strong and yeah. it's just all these little things that you do. Yes, it can be a lot of product, but it's me taking care of my hair and, it's working. So, and, and, and it can work for you. And don't get me wrong, you don't have to use really, really expensive products. This is not to say you have to go out and buy Olaplex. This is not to say you have to go out and buy salon quality stuff. It's all about reading the ingredients in mm-hmm. your products. And the two biggest ingredients you really, really need to get rid of from your shampoos and conditioners are sulfates and parabens. And don't necessarily just buy something that says sulfate free or paraben free. Read the fucking ingredients. There is a lot of hidden sulfates and parabens that actually exist in products that say sulfate-free. And I found this out because our other roommate, Kelsey, she uses OBX that says it's sulfate-free. And if you look at the ingredients, what's one of the ingredients? Sulfate. Sulfonite. Sulfonite. Sulfonite is a hidden sulfate. And it was like we were talking about it the other day. Like, do you remember when we were kids and there was the whole movement against hidden sugars? Like fructose sucrose glucose Mm -hmm. and what's the m1 maltose maltose yeah right and it's the same thing now happening with sulfates and parabens a lot of products out there are saying they're sulfate free or paraben free but you can see sulfonite you can see there's a word that started it basically has the word paraben in it i think it's like parabenate I can't remember exactly how to say it. But anyways, you have to read your ingredients mm-hmm. because just because a product says it's sulfate-free and paraben-free doesn't mean it is. Now, we we keep saying these words. Now, what specifically a sulfate is? A sulfate is a harsh cleaning chemical that can be found in dish soap and laundry detergent. And this is something that I 
specifically asked my hairstylist and he told me straight up, yeah, this is exactly why sulfates are bad. And he will actually tell clients that if they come in for like a toning or whatever, they get a color in their hair and they're not exactly happy with it. He will tell them to go home and wash with dish soap because that will actually pull it out of the hair. Well, here's the other problem too with sulfates. Sulfates is a huge reason why shampoo gets sudsy. And the reason it can be so bad is it's considered a surfactant, which, yes, is a detergent, but is also an emulsifier. And the emulsifying process is what strips it away and strips the color away from your hair. And that's why it's good to go in with literally Dawn dish soap as that protectant. So not only are shampoos having sulfates, but they also have parabens. Here's the reason why parabens are so bad, which, fun fact, I just found out about this right before we started recording so parabens in sulfates technically produ- um, help in the prevent of harmful bacteria from growing in, in mold in your hair. But on the reason they're so bad, and specifically with parabens, it has potential endocrine disruptors, which means that it can mimic the same activity of the hormone estrogen. And what that does in your hair is it interferes with your normal estrogen production. Too much can actually trigger... Uh, breast cancer ah cool awesome so here's here's the actual research uh so too much estrogen can trigger an increase in breast cell division and tumor growth which is why paraben use is uh being linked towards breast cancer and reproductive issues so there is still a lot of ongoing studies with this right now but over in in like the last five or six years a lot of new new medical research has started to come out to link parabens and sulfates to potential breast cancer Um, because of the reason parabens are basically overproducing estrogen and you're also coinciding that with a sulfate that is emulsifying your hair and your scalp and the actual natural color from your hair. And this is why it's so important to read your ingredients. So not only should you not be using parabens or sulfates in your shampoo and conditioner, PSA, stop box dyeing your hair. Oh, my God. Okay, yes. I also talked to my hairstylist. His name is Michael Glorioso, by the way. He has a wonderful uh, salon uh, down by Union Square. Go check him out. He's, he's my stylist too, bitch. <laughs> he's, he's hold so- on, hold on. Who told you to go to him? You did. Okay. I know. <laughs> you want to know how I found him? Fucking random in Union Square. <laughs> Back in the day, back in the day, I found him out in Union Square. It was I wasn't sure if it was going to work out or not, and it was the best salon experience I ever had. I recommended him to you because he specializes specifically in color correction and mm-hmm. in hair color. Like, that's what he is known for. And because I know you did that, that's why I was like, you got to go to him. Mm-hmm. So he, yeah, no, he is phenomenal. 10 out of 10, rec- I'd recommend him. Thank you for the recommendation, Alyssa. Thanks, man. Um, but yes, and he, he's been doing hair for 28 years. He has a lot of knowledge. So I was chatting with him and he, I asked him all about the box dyes and the box dyes. Now, first of all, the color that you see on the box, that's only going to work on virgin hair, aka hair that has never been colored ever. So that's the, that's the only way it's going to work. If you have, if you have colored hair, hold on, virgin hair doesn't mean you can't ever have your hair colored. What that means is if your hair has been colored before, all of that color has to grow out. So virgin hair can take anywhere from one year to 10 years to come back. It all depends on your hair growth Mm -hmm. and actually growing that from 
Because when you get your hair colored with like highlights, for example, those are going in your roots. That's going in your scalp. You need that color to grow all the mm-hmm. way out. So don't think virgin hair means the hair you're born with. No. Oh, yeah. No. Just like hair that has never been touched by any type of bleaching or coloring. So, you know, those those boxes, they have... <laughs> Sorry, there's like a lot of information that he was Let's talk about the ammonia then. The ammonia, yes. The ammonia, that's what I was trying to find. So ammonia is an ingredient in the box color. And guess what? That dries out your hair. Well, ammonia, that's used in medicine. That's used for medical purposes only. That shouldn't be used for your hair. Mm -hmm. So, and also what box color does is it puts a film over the hair. So when you go into the salon, when you finally go into the salon... It's going to be tough to break that film. So all these people who are coloring their hair over quarantine and doing all this stuff at home with the box color, they're going into the salon now and they're having a tough time doing anything because these box colors messed up their hair. So, for example, uh, my stylist was telling me a story. He had a client who had naturally blonde hair, but she was box dyeing it black for years. She came in. She wanted to just get some nice little highlights, some brown highlights. So... He puts bleach on her hair. He leaves it on for like three hours and he goes to rinse her. Nothing. Nothing hair stayed black. lifted at all. It stayed black. And he was putting 40 developer. And when I say developer, that is a cream that goes into either hair color or it goes into bleach and it helps strengthen it. So 40 volume is pretty high. Um, and I mean, he was leaving that shit on there and nothing lifted. He made her go home. He made her stop box dyeing her hair. And he's like, I'll see you in a couple months. Just do what you can. Made her wash with the dish soap, everything. She comes back a couple months later. Um, you can tell she didn't do anything because her roots were growing in hella bad. And he tried to do the highlights again. Nothing. Didn't lift a fucking peep. And... The moral of the story here, and we got to start wrapping up because we are about to be out of time. The moral of the story is research your ingredients in your hair care. If you're box dyeing your hair, stop that shit. Your hair is not healthy by doing it. It's making it significantly and significantly worse. And talk to a professional. Talk to a professional. There's a reason why we have hairstylists. They go to school. They learn the techniques. They learn Mm -hmm. the products. They know their shit. So just go talk to one. Go to one of I well actually I don't I don't know if you can go to one of the salon stores I I don't know if the if the seller people there are professionals or not but find a professional find a find hair a professional. professional you trust yes find a hair professional that you trust ask them about your hair because everybody has all different types of hair you have thin you have thick you have coarse you have curly you have wavy you have pin straight everyone's different talk to the professional figure out what's going to be best for you research your ingredients mm-hmm. because. This is this is your hair. This is a part of your body. You don't want to. You want to put the right stuff in it. You don't want your hair falling out and wearing wigs from stuff that you could have done to prevent that from happening. Again, wellness now, bitch. Start it now. Take care of yourself so you don't have to go through the struggles that other people come out and say they're going through. All right, guys. Well, we have to wrap up here. We have another episode to record. That's why we're speeding it up here. But um, there's a lot here still for us to unpack. We might do another episode about it again sometime soon. But for now, we got to end it. Uh, But thank you guys so much for tuning in. This has been a really, really great episode. Once again, my name is Alyssa. I'm Sabrina. And thanks for keeping it together with us this week. And we'll see you back next week for episode 3.14. Keeping it together. I'm sure it's what it takes to stop me going.